A brilliant light pierced the darkness on that first Christmas night. It wasn't the immense star so bright that intrigued experts of the night sky to follow it. It wasn't even the multitude of angelic messengers with a light so intense, so radiant, it frightened brave shepherds to fall to their knees. No, this light was far greater, more powerful than every star and every sun. This light was a baby, a tiny newborn wrapped in cloth lying in a manger where animals feed. A baby named Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Because Jesus was a gift for each one of us, and he arrived with a purpose, to shine light into all dark places. You see, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. A light that shows us there is no place you can go that can escape God's love. No dark corner where his love cannot find you. A light that has the power to cut through any darkness, to calm the most anxious thoughts, and to fill every heart with unspeakable joy. There is a light that shines brightly in the darkness, and his name is Jesus, Light of the World.
Jesus. The same yesterday, today, and forever. He is Father, He's friend, He's Savior, and He is Lamb. If He did it before, He will do it again. You see, He's the, he's the same God who carved out a path in the ocean, who constantly makes ways in impossible situations. He is the God who calmed the storm with the Word and healed a leper who was simply reaching out. We serve the same God of Abraham, David, Mary, and Paul, choosing the unqualified, broken people, yet working through them all. You see, we serve a living, active God, an unchanging God, a God who is constantly welcoming the prodigals back home. You see, if he did it before, I'm telling you, he will do it again. If he answered prayers from back then, he will answer prayers now. If he came in power back then, he will come in power now. He is the God who sees and he sees you right now. So when it feels like everything is shaking, I want you to remember he is secure. He is steady. He is unchanging and, and everlasting. He is the same God.
Good evening, all our family out there, HCB Ministry family, and all our E family out there. Good evening. I am doing a sermon for both uh, for tonight for Cookville, Tennessee, and also for McDaniel, Kentucky, HCB out there. So it'll be one service instead of at eight thirty. We're going to have them both here at the same time. So a few announcements. Um, at the top of the screen, left part of the screen, you see where it says donate. You can click on that. Let me check my sound real quick. So you can check on that and click on that. And then on the right below, you'll see all of our updates scrolling at the bottom of the screen. Those are all our updates. Now, HCB ministries in McDaniel, Kentucky and HCB ministries in Cookville, Tennessee have come together for a free Christmas gift for y'all, a blessing from us to you, from our family to yours. You see the QR code at the bottom of the screen, just scan that QR code and that'll download a free audio book for you. One of our latest audio books, one of our top sellers actually. Um, so with that being said, we're going to get into the word. But let us pray first, if we all bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight during Christmas Eve, the night before your son was born, Lord. And we ask that uh, you bless everybody here and you bless everybody online that are listening and all the congregation. Lord, I just ask that you bless me to give me the word and that the word is yours, Lord. And that through you and in you that I speak the word and I bless pastor's blessing over everybody here and online, Lord. And Allow us just to enjoy this evening, enjoy the church service, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, good evening, family and listeners from our e-family, all our platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Facebook, um, and everything. So, let's see, we got, we're got we on like five different flat platforms, plus we will be on Amazon Music, Apple Music, and a few other ones by the end by the first of the year so be looking forward to that if you want to keep up with us and keep our updates going just all you got to do is text the word start to 833-444-3188 and then you'll start getting an opt-in for text messages and that's from hcb ministries and you'll be able to get updates from there if you wish to give to our ministry um you can do that as well by texting the word give to 833-444-3188. Now, also, I want to say that if our books, you can go to our books. If you, um, here, I'll put that code up here real quick for you guys. So, on the code, just scan the QR codes, and that way you will be able to, we have Christmas special here. Hold on. Okay, so, this Christmas special right here, well, is the free audio book, and then we have um, other, just go to our website, because uh, I'm having technical difficulties getting that one up, but go to our website after you, and uh, either hcbministries.org or hcbministries.info, and you can find our bookstores there. If you type in the word HCB, all capital, and then put 25 at the bottom, at net right next to it, you'll get 25% off of all of our books when that's another Christmas present for us, from us to you. So that being said, 
I'm going to go ahead and get into the Word of God. If y'all have your Bibles out, go ahead and get your Bibles out, and we can go from there. I'll give you just a second to get the Bible out. Or get it loaded on your phone, however you have it. Okay, so I want to welcome everybody to another episode of our Sunday evening worship service. Like I said, I'm doing both for services, Cookville, Tennessee, and I am also doing um, McDaniel, Kentucky. So as we gather to get together on this blessed Christmas Eve, I want all of our hearts to overflow with joy and anticipation for the miracle of this season. You know, we all have the twinkling lights, everybody set up the lights, the scent of pine and everybody's got the firewood going you know and and cinnamon baking cinnamon and pumpkin pies and food and the crackling of the fire and all this is and presents after presents under trees but this is just a mere backdrop i want y'all to know this is just a mere backdrop to a true wonder that we are here to celebrate tonight yes my friends tonight we delve into the heart of christmas a story that has been told and retold for over 2,000 years, a story that transcends time and space, culture and language. Um, it is the birth of Jesus Christ and our Savior, a powerful reminder of God's immersed love and mercy towards us. And uh, in this world where we often get lost in the hustle and, and the bustle, and we're all sometimes overwhelmed by the communications and the commercializations, the TV, Facebook, social media, of all of this sacred holiday, it's easy to forget what Christmas is all about. But tonight, well, we'll strap, well, well tonight actually, I'm going to take you on a trip way back in time, and we're going to focus on the essence of this miraculous event. We will journey back to a humble stable in Bethlehem, under, this, under a starlit sky, a child was born to a virgin mother. This was no ordinary child. This was Jesus. He was God incarnate. You know, God taking on human flesh to dwell among us. This is the miracle of Christmas. God becoming man to save mankind from sin. And, you know, I've had someone ask me just recently the other day. They said, well, if it was God, how could he be human? And if he was human, why was Jesus praying to God? Well, that's a whole nother study in itself. So let me give you um, an analogy, okay? So when God seen that he had to come down, he came down and became Jesus, right? We're going to get a little bit into that a little bit more today, but look at it this way. When he was praying to his father, he was doing a mirror image of what we should do and how we should pray. He came down to, uh, to us to show us how we should live. He was human and divine. Part of the, you know, part of all of that, you know, I know it's really hard. So maybe uh, some other time I'll go into a study on the Trinity of that. But just for now, just think of it as a mirror image. He came down to live as human so he could show us as human how to live. And then to ultimately pay the sacrifice of death and be the blood covenant, the new blood covenant, the lamb. Okay. Now, you know, we we'll explore how this event changed the course of history forever, how it brought hope to a world steeped in darkness, 
how it continues to bring hope today and hope for redemption and hope for peace and hope for eternal life. Okay? So, as we see that and that hope and the eternal life, we know that we die a first death, but there's two other deaths. You know, and if you don't know Jesus Christ right now, you are spiritually dead. And you don't want to die that second death and not be able to live that eternal life, which is very important. So at the end of the sermon today, for all of you out there who don't know Jesus, I'm going to call upon you to pray a prayer with me. And me and you are going to accept Jesus tonight in your heart. So, and not only that, we will discover how every element of the Christmas story from the shepherds in the fields to the wise men from afar reveals God's perfect plan for our salvation. See, how each detail points back to Jesus Christ, his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. So all I can say is buckle up, get ready, because we're going on a Christmas journey. But, and then like I said, if you do have your Bibles out, so for the first verse I'm going to talk about is Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. So I'm going to give you a second to turn to that, chapter 9, verse 6 of Isaiah. Okay, so if you've gotten that, either on your phone or on the Bible, it's Isaiah, Old Testament, prophet, chapter 9, verse 6. And it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. As I start this sermon of this Christmas Eve, I want you to know, I want to take us a moment to get our Bibles, you know, and maybe underline what I just wrote. Because imagine, that was a, that was quite a while before he was even born. So that was one prophecy. Keep in mind, folks, that was one prophecy that was fulfilled. Isaiah, the prophet, spoke of the birth of Jesus. And to reflect on the profound words of the prophet Isaiah, who centuries before the birth of Christ prophesied this, um, you know, the thing is, this verse is not merely a, a prediction. It's a proclamation of the word of God and the hope, and the promise. See, it's the assurance of God's love for humanity is so profound that he would send his only son to earth. Now, this verse, I want you to understand, is the essence of Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ, and provides us with the understanding of divine nature and purpose, right? So, this phrase, for unto us a child is born, signifies the human birth of Jesus. It emphasizes that Jesus was born into this world as a human being. You know, and he experienced life as we do. He felt joy, sorrow, pain, pleasure. He cried. You know, this aspect of his nature makes him relatable to us. See, now, I'm going into this prior back to what I said before. So, it assures us that God understands our struggles because his son lived among us. Now, the next phase we're going to go into, unto us a son is given, underscores the divine nature of Jesus. 
Okay, so while he was born as a human child, he was also God's son given to humanity. This duality in nature, being both human and divine, sets Jesus apart. See, it allows him to bridge the gap between humanity and divinity. So see, what I'm trying to preach to you all out there right now, Jesus is the bridge between heaven and earth. So the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, the one and only. And he says it many times in the Bible, the only way to the heaven, to the Father is through me. He is the bridge. Think of it as a bridge, right? So if you're a construction worker out there, say, you know, and you got to cross this river or whatever, or you got to get to the other side, you build a bridge and you walk that bridge to get to the other side. It may take you some time to build the bridge. God don't expect you to build that bridge overnight. It take you some time. That's all right. Come to God, build that bridge with Jesus, and let Him be your way to heaven. And and I also want to say that, you know, the statement "and the government shall be upon His shoulder" it indicates that Jesus carries authority. Okay, it carry it it that He carries authority. Okay, but this authority is not like a worldly power that often leads to corruption and injustice. Instead, it is the authority rooted in the severity of love, justice, and righteousness. So Isaiah then proceeds to describe Jesus with the five titles, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Each title reveals a different aspect of Jesus' character and mission. As a wonderful counselor, Jesus provides guidance that is beyond human comprehension. Okay, he offers wisdom and direction to those who seek him. And let me tell you, people, he offers a peace of a peace that will fill your void in your life like no other. If you have a void in your life, that void be filled by Jesus Christ. He is the peace. Okay, so and I also want to say that his wisdom that directs us to those who seek him as the mighty God, he possesses divine power and authority. He is capable of performing miracles, defeating evil, and overcoming death. The title, Everlasting Father, Everlasting Father, underline that in your Bibles, Everlasting Father, emphasizes his eternal nature and his paternal care, okay, for what? Humanity, for us people, for us humans. Despite being born as a child, he is timeless, without beginning or end. And as our everlasting Father, He loves us unconditionally, cares for us, and guides us like a father would. Finally, as the Prince of Peace. Here's another one. I want you to underline this in your Bible too. Prince of Peace. Jesus brings peace that transcends human understanding. See, this peace is not merely the absence of of conflict, but a deep sense of tranquility and wholeness that comes from being in the right relationship with God. We all need to be in a right relationship with God. We see this, we know this, and if you don't, your time is at hand, he says, to look up. Not to cry, not to worry, but to look up, because the time is at hand. That's what we need to do. We need to look up. You know, so, 
In conclusion to that verse of the prophet of Isaiah, it encapsulates the essence of Christmas. See, the birth of Jesus Christ, who was both human and divine, it reminds us of his authority, his wisdom, his power, his eternal nature, um, and his mission to bring peace. See, as we celebrate Christmas today, let us remember these truths about Jesus Christ and strive to follow his example in our lives. I've often said many a times, we need to be the light for the darkness of those who are in the dark. Be that light for them. Be that answer to their prayer. You know, but now I want us to turn our Bibles to John, the book of John, the Gospel of John. Okay. 1, verse 14. Okay. If everybody there say amen, or type it in the bottom in the chat. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14 says, And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. Now, full of grace and truth, to comprehend this verse fully, we must first understand what is what is it meant by the word. What is the word meant? So I want everyone out there to underline the word. In Greek terms, it is used as logos, which signifies not just a word in the literal sense, but also embodies reason, wisdom, and divine intelligence. That's how the Greek the word is termed logos. It is a divine intelligence that was made flesh in the form of Jesus Christ. The incarnation of God's wisdom into a human form is a pivotal event in Christian theology. It signifies God's profound love for humanity, that he chooses to become one among us. The phrase, the phrase, sorry, the phrase dealt among us, dwelt among us, underline that, dwelt among us, further emphasizes the divine conditions of the Greek origin, Greek term used here by, here is the isikinosis, which translates to the pitched his tent. The metaphorical language points a vivid picture of God choosing to live amongst us, sharing our joys and sorrows, experiencing our trials and tribulations. It underscores the intimate relationship between God and humanity. It's simple. The later part of this verse says, And we beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father speaks to Jesus. A unique status. As God's only begotten Son, the term begotten does not imply creation, but rather an eternal generation from the Father. Now, it signifies that Jesus shares the same divine nature as God. The glory witnessed by those who saw Jesus was not merely human glory, but divine glory as well. Back to the Trinity. One day I'm going to do a preaching on that and a teaching. I'll probably be in the faithful connection, um, but we're going to do, me and Brother John are going to do one. If you're out there listening to John, that's one we got to do. Now, see, a manifestation of God's presence, the Trinity. Holy Spirit, Jesus, and God are all one. Now, finally, 
John 1.14 concludes with full of grace. Now, full of grace, everyone said. Underline that part in your Bible, too. Full of grace and truth. Grace refers to God as unmerited favor towards humanity, his willingness to forgive and his sins and offer salvation and truth. Now, on the other hand, it signifies the ultimate reality that God is Jesus being full of grace and truth embodies God's love, and the ultimate reality is divine wisdom. Now, as we celebrate Christmas, let us remember that it is not just about the birth of a baby in a manger. It's about the Word becoming flesh. Now, let me reread that. Let me redo that. you got to understand this. this. is very important. Okay? It's not about the birth of a baby in the manger. Right? It is about the Word becoming flesh. About God choosing to dwell among us. About the manifestation of divine glory in human form. And about the embodiment of grace and truth. It is a celebration of God's profound love for humanity and his desire for intimate communion with us. See, in conclusion of John 1.14, it encapsulates the essence of Christmas. A testament of God's love. A celebration of his presence among us. And a reminder of his grace and truth. As we rejoice in this festive season, let us strive to embody these values in our lives. To live in love. To recognize God's grace and presence in our midst. And to be the bearers of grace and truth. Now, a little bit of background on the prophecy of Isaiah, which we all know is in the Old Testament. It foretells the coming of a child who will bring ultimate peace and be the ruler of all. This child is none other than Jesus, the Son of God. In the New Testament, John emphasizes the truth of the Jesus of incarnation, that he is the Word made flesh and dwelt among us. So, as we gather here, Today at HCB Ministries on this Christmas Eve, let us take a moment to reflect upon a singular figure who has been the center of our faith and the center of our world. See, our beliefs and our moral compass for over 2,000 years, this man, Jesus Christ, is arguably the most influential and the most contested figure in human history. The most. No other man has been contested. No other man has been so influential, you know, than anybody, than Jesus Christ. You know, and they, they say, well, what about science? Well, I believe it was, um, you know, there's two scientists, you know, that they, they follow the Bible, you know, very well. And so it's not all about, there's scientists that follow the Bible, and there's scientists who don't believe. But I'm going to get into why we, why we should believe and why you need to accept Jesus Christ into your life today as your Lord and Savior. See, now, even though he was the most contested contested figure, excuse me, in human history, I want you to see how intriguing this is. Okay, one man born over two thousand years ago in a humble major manger in Bethlehem continues to be the subject of an intense debate, adoration, and even animosity. So this is what I, I want to throw this in too. I, I've seen a quote on TV 
and I thought it was very intriguing from Amir Safadi. I don't know if you know Amir Safadi. Give a shout out there to Amir Safadi. Great guy, great intelligence, and really good on the Bible. I love his word. I love his teachings, and I just love to listen to him. But he put up a quote. He says, millions will celebrate the birth of Christ, a son who was born in Bethlehem, a Hebrew name. But most of us out there today think that the only time the Jews existed in Israel was in 1942. Now, it took me a minute to understand exactly what you meant by that. But, you know, I see all these people that are protesting Israel and what's going on with Israel. But that's a whole other subject. I'm kind of getting away from the subject here. Uh, I need to get back to preaching what I'm preaching on. Just remember that he was born 2,000 years ago, right? And continues to be the subject of debate. His life and teachings have shaped civilizations, inspired countless works of art, literature and have been the bedrock of our faith for billions across the globe not just in israel across the globe and people if you don't think that god is just with israel i have to go ahead and say this real quick israel is about the size of the state of new hampshire or new jersey okay but yet they have the fourth largest and the fourth strongest military in the whole world but yet they're only as big as the state of new hampshire check it out true fact Okay, so I want you to understand that yet there are those who question his very existence or deny his divinity. You see, no other individual in the history of humanity has ever been discussed, dissected, or debated more than Jesus Christ. This fact alone leaves us with the undeniable truth Either this man is telling the truth, and he is the Son of God and the Savior of mankind, or he is the most influential figure that has ever graced our planet. Our planet. Not just our U.S. country, our planet. Think about it. I'm telling you. Uh, it's, it, it just blows my mind how some people think that, oh, there is no Jesus. He's out there, people, and he's coming back soon. Bible prophecies are being fulfilled every day. Every day. We don't know when he'll be back. But we're told to look up. And as disciples, and I preach to you today, I'm preaching to somebody out there, you need Jesus. You need him. If you've backslidden or you don't know him yet, you need him. And tonight, at the end of this sermon, we're going to get you into Jesus. His presence is ever-present. We see him. And see, here, here's another thing I want, I want you all to pay close attention to. When I write my sermon, I put this down. See, we see him symbolized in crosses that many wear around their necks as a testament to their faith, right? We see him in countless crosses that adorn cemeteries worldwide. The, the silent guardian standing guard over those who have passed on. Centuries and centuries and centuries. Crosses in the cemetery. Okay? They just didn't all poof, just one day say, oh, well, you know what? Yeah, I think I want to put a cross on this, on my loved one who had passed away. No, not knowing what the cross meant. This is 2000, his, 2000 years of history, people. You know, we go to school and we learn about world history and we learn about our presidents, George Washington. We learn about Eisenhower. We learn about all these people. But they refuse to teach us about Jesus Christ. Why is that? If he don't exist and he is just a nothing, 
then why does he cause so much debate? Think about that one. And then, here we are. Okay, so we see him in every church where his teachings are shared and his life is celebrated. And then there's what? And then there's Christmas. That's right. And then there's Christmas. Arguably one of the most universally celebrated holidays across cultures and continents. See, it is not just a day marked by festivals and gift exchanges. It is a day that commemorates the birth of Jesus Christ. It serves as an annual reminder of his message of love, compassion, forgiveness, and sacrifice, people. Millions of people are celebrating it. Some may not even know what they're celebrating. They just like to give gifts and exchange gifts and throw parties and have Christmas Eve parties. I'm here to tell you, on this night, a Savior was born unto us to die for our sins, to pay for our atonement, so that we may not die a second death, so that we may live to glorify him and live eternally in heaven. A day like this night, 2,000 years ago, our Lord was born to save us. I mean, that's touching to me. Forgive me. You see, so, however, it is important to note to believe that in Jesus Christ, right, isn't merely about accepting historical facts or a religious dogma, right? It's about faith. It's about grabbing faith out there, grabbing it by your, just grabbing it by the horns and take a hold of it. Get that faith because you deserve it because 2,000 years ago, a baby was born for you. You know, and you know, it, it's deeply personal to me because he has transformed my life severely. You can't begin to imagine what this man has done for me in my life or where I've come and how far I've come. That's a whole nother testimony. Uh, one day I will give that testimony to you guys out there, but I'm going to stick to my sermon because the Holy Spirit wants me to get this out there and I need to really get this out there. But believe me, without him, I wouldn't be standing here today. That's a fact. And interestingly, I want you to know that it has been argued that it requires more faith not to believe in Jesus than it does to believe in Jesus. Because you see, the statement may seem paradoxical at first glance, right? How does it take more faith to not believe in Jesus than it does to believe in Jesus? Well, I'm going to tell you. See, because deeper deeper reflections, it holds a profound truth. See, to deny Jesus and his influences on human history and culture requires one to dismiss the testimonies of countless believers over centuries of rich body and literature and art inspired by him and the enduring legacy of his teachings. It takes more to believe that that never happened. It takes a whole lot more faith. And as we celebrate Christmas today, or tomorrow is Christmas Eve, I'm sorry, it is important to reflect on the birth of a man who holds significant influence in the history of humanity, being both divine and human. See, he is recognized as the Son of God. He teaches on, can we say what? He teaches on love. 
compassion, and forgiveness. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Jesus, praise you, Lord. On the timeless and universally and the apical makings him and enduring a figure, the true essence of Christmas, perhaps, lies in embracing these teachings. And here we go. On John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35. Turn your Bibles. The Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 34 through 35. Sorry, I had to get a drink. My throat's a little sore. So, if you're all there, on Bibles, on your phone, open it up. Okay, so I want you to see. It presents a commandment from Jesus himself. After he lived and he did his ministry, he says, I give you one new commandment. One. One new commandment. That you love one another just as I have loved you. That you love one another just as I have loved you. Take it, mark it in your Bible, underline it, however you do it. But you need to understand this is one commandment. To love one another as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you have loved for one another, therefore let us not focus on the love shown to us by God during this Christmas, but also on the love that we are capable of having and extending towards each other. See, may this be our heartfelt consideration. Maybe maybe considering on this holiday, on Christmas Eve and Christmas, that we show our love, our respects, the way Jesus showed his love for us. But I want to do a little biblical in interpretation here. See, so the birth of Jesus was a divine miracle, right? So, conceived by the Holy Spirit and born to a virgin, Mary, this fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah 7.14, which says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Wow. Another Bible prophecy fulfilled written decades before he was even born, right? Decades before he was even born. You see, Jesus' birth was the perfect fulfillment of God's promise to send a Savior to redeem his people from their sins. Now, I want to point out, if you go back to Genesis, I believe it's chapter, oh, I'm thinking it's chapter 22, okay, where Abraham was told to sacrifice his son, Isaac. He goes up to the mountain. Now, I want you to keep this in mind, okay? He goes up to the mountain to sacrifice his son, and right before he sacrifices Isaac, God stops him because he knows how much it would pain him and how much he loved his son, right? And he says, no, there's a ram right there. Use that blood to, for sacrifice. And he let Isaac live. Not knowing decades later that he would give his only son for a sacrifice. He didn't have Abraham do it, but he did it. He gave his son a sacrifice for us to live. Just wanted you to understand that. You know, and therefore the Lord, you know, in Isaiah 7 14, I want you to understand that. His promise to send a Savior to redeem his people from their sins. You know, 
Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's my privilege and my honor and my thank and I'm thankful for everything Brother Johnny has done for me, my mentor, my brother in Christ. I thank him for everything he's done for me. And it's my privilege to share with you a discourse on the profound significance of Christmas and its application in our lives. As we delve into the topic, let us be reminded that the essence of Christmas extends far beyond the festivities, like I said. It is a celebration of divine event that has shaped the course of human history from the birth of Jesus Christ 2,023 years ago till today. Ain't changed. I don't even see a president's holiday that long or that old. I don't see any holiday that old. But you know, it's the oldest holiday. Obviously, even before the resurrection, the resurrection is, you know, Still after the, after his birth, right? So it is the the largest holiday that we celebrate. Some don't celebrate Christmas. Some do. I'm not here to say whether you should or whether you shouldn't. But I'm here to tell you that the right Christmas is to celebrate it, the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, I want, I want you all to remember that the narrative of this Christmas is not merely a story. It is an account of a divine intervention, a testament of God's love for humanity. See, the birth of Jesus Christ signifies that the advent of salvation and eternal life of mankind, the gift that freely gives us to us through God, through his son, through his birth. You see, it is the cornerstone of Christianity. It is the cornerstone of our faith and is the true reason for a celebration. Now let's turn our Bibles to Luke, chapter 2, verses 10 through 11. We read in chapter 2, verse 10 through 11, we read about the angelic proclamation of the shepherds. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto us is a born this day, in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This passage encapsulates the essence of Christmas as well. You see, it is the announcement of joyous news meant for all people, right? This application, and I want you to know this Christmas message in our lives is the conclusion to how we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Christmas this way because This is the true meaning of Christmas. It is of God. It is of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. That's how we celebrate Christmas. That is the true meaning of Christmas, right? And let us not lose sight of this true meaning at all. Please, let us not lose sight of this true meaning. Let us embrace the gift of salvation offered through Jesus Christ's birth. Um, Share this good news with others. And live in hope that his birth signifies. May this Christmas season be a time of deep reflection and renewed commitment to these truths. See, I want everybody to understand and be joyed. The best present that anybody can have is that of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Being born again, that's the best present you can have. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Reach out there and get filled with that Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, it is the truth. It is. The truth. You know, 
May this Christmas season be time of reflection. I want to thank everybody for the attention, and I wish you all to have a meaningful and blessed Christmas season. I really do. And as we draw to the close of this Christmas sermon, I would like to take a moment to reflect on the profound significance of this season. See, Christmas as we know it is the time of miracle and wonders. It is a time when ordinary becomes extraordinary. When the mundane is transformed into the magical, but amidst of all the festives and celebrations, let us not forget that at the heart of Christmas lies the greatest miracle of them all, the birth of Jesus Christ. See, the story of Jesus' birth is one that has been told countless times over centuries, yet it never loses its power or its relevance. See, it is a story that speaks to us of hope and redemption. The love and the sacrifice, it reminds us that our darkest hours, there is always light, right? That shines brightly, guiding us towards better days. This light of Jesus Christ, whose birth we celebrate during this season, as we gather with our loved ones around the Christmas tree, exchanging gifts and sharing laughter, let us remember the greatest gift we can give and receive is not wrapped in shiny paper or tied with a bow. See, the greatest gift is Jesus Christ himself. That is the greatest gift, is Jesus Christ himself. The gift does not fade with time or lose its value. See, on the contrary, it grows more precious with each passing day. In this season of giving, let us also remember to share this gift with those around us. Let us spread the love and hope of Jesus Christ. Our neighbors and our friends and our colleagues. Let us reach out to those who are less fortunate than us. Those who are lonely or in need. For in doing so, you know, we are not only honoring the spirit of Christmas, but we're also following in Jesus' footsteps, as he has called us to do as disciples of Christ. Christmas is indeed a time for miracles and wonders, but let us never forget that these miracles do not come from Santa Claus or from a brightly lit Christmas tree. They come from Jesus Christ whose birth we celebrate during this season. They come from the love and the hope that he brings in our lives, people. The love and hope that he brings. Now, as I conclude this sermon, I urge each one of you to carry the true meaning of Christmas in your hearts. Let it not be just one day celebration, but a way of life. Let that love and hope of Jesus Christ guide you in all your endeavors bringing you peace and joy, not just during the season, but throughout the year. Don't just stop with this day. Continue throughout the year. See, may the miracle of Christmas fill your hearts with warmth and love. May it bring you closer to those you hold dear. And most importantly, may it remind you of the greatest gift we can give and receive, the gift of Jesus Christ. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to HCB Ministries. We love you out there. You are great. We couldn't do it without you. Remember, scan the QR code at the bottom to get our free audio book written by me and Pastor Johnny Brother Embry. 
um, please, I want to thank you. And happy holidays and Merry Christmas. Go with Jesus. And, and sharing the celebration of love and hope. I wish each and every one of you a blessed and joyful Christmas. May the spirit of this season fill your homes with peace. Your hearts with love. And your lives with joy. Merry Christmas to all. Now if you would join me in prayer for closing. Please all bow your heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father. As we come to close for this Christmas Eve worship service. We gather in love and unity, seeking your presence and guidance. We lift up all those who have experienced loss this season of giving. Let us remember to share those. And we pause now to share those the gift of those around us. Lord, let us spread the love of hope of Jesus Christ to our neighbors and friends. You know, we pause now to invite anyone in this prayer. I want to, here's where. I'm telling you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you've backslid, if you just want to know Jesus, you want that greatest Christmas gift that you could ever give, that Christmas gift that keeps on giving day after day after day, and that's Jesus Christ. You want that peace that can fill that void in your life, that surpassing peace of all? You want Jesus Christ. And um, so all you listeners who want to accept Jesus into their hearts on this Christmas Eve, I want you to just find a place and find an altar. And I want us to pray this simple prayer together. Bow our heads. Father, I confess my sins to you. I receive you as Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart that you sent Jesus to die for me and my sins, that I may have eternal life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Thank you for saving me on this day and coming into my life. May I live from this day forward and bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, shoot us an email. Let us put you on our prayer list and uh, have our prayer warriors keep praying for you. Find a Bible-believing church. Stay in the Word, people. Stay in the Word. That Bible is your greatest gift. And you just receive the greatest gift of all, a gift that keeps giving and giving and giving, a gift that will never stop. You just received your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As we conclude this service, I pray a pastor's blessing upon every individual who is watching and listening. May they go forth in peace, knowing that they are with them in every step of the way. Grant them wisdom, Lord. Grant them wisdom. And especially those who have lost loved ones, comfort them, Lord, in their grief and surrounding them with your peace and healing. May they find solace in knowing that you are with them, Lord, in the years to come, bringing hope and registration, restoration, Lord. Yes, as we pray for those who are currently battling sickness and disease and addiction, Lord, pour out your healing, touch them, touch upon them, Lord, and bring them the complete restoration and wholeness, Lord. Be their strength and source of comfort during this challenging time, Lord. For those who find themselves in the darkness and despair of uncertainty and loneliness, we ask that you be their guiding light, illuminate their path, Lord, showing them the way out of the darkness and into your glorious light, Lord. May they find solace and peace in your presence, knowing that they are never alone. And may they have discernment as to navigate through life's challenges. May the Lord and may the joy of the Lord and the Christmas season continue to radiate on your lives. 
In the name of Jesus, we pray. And we all said, Amen. Go in peace, brothers and sisters. We love you out there. Take care. Have a good night. Thanks for watching.